Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. You know, I've just got to thank these listeners throughout the world, like Ireland. I know you other countries hear me say this all the time. Can't help it. We have such a big listening audience there. But Germany, China, you know, across the board, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the show because you're helping me help people around the world. Uh, shout out, Yoshiko Dart. Hope you're having a great day. And I have to thank my wonderful sponsor, Highmark. You know, I've known Highmarks as they were called Blue Cross of Western Pennsylvania. And for the past three years, they have sponsored this show as the lead sponsor. And may I tell you, they are a great company. My hat is off to the CEO, David Holmberg. He is fantastic. As is our guest today. I have to tell you, I have been so excited about this show because we have Mr. Clarence Johnson, the Director of Diversity Management Operations Center for the Defense Human Resources Activity, who works under the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense, but I call him the key man at the Department of Defense. Welcome to the show, Mr. Clarence Johnson. How are you today? I'm just fine, Joyce, and thank you for having me on today. Well, it is a pleasure because you are known as a great leader nationally in the disability community. You have led so many charges. You have made so many differences. You have helped so many people with disabilities. We are thrilled to have you on the show today. So let's begin by you sharing your great service to our country and your esteemed career as a commissioned officer. Well, George, thanks so much again for the opportunity for me to speak with you. You know, me, a poor kid from the Mississippi Delta, and now I'm blessed to have a key leadership role in advancing diversity and inclusion in the Department of Defense. It is an honor to participate in your program. You see, after graduating from Tuskegee Institute in Alabama and returning home to teach and coach at the high school level for three years, I decided to expand my horizons and join the world's greatest Air Force, of course, the U.S. Air Force. There I served just 29 years. That indeed was a wonderful experience as it gave me the opportunity to grow and to develop personally and professionally. And you know, from a personal standpoint, my wife, Gloria, and I raised a family with three children. My son is, like me, an Air Force retired colonel, and our other two children have achieved success in their own careers. Professionally, the Air Force gave me the, the opportunity to lead and to manage with increasing responsibilities as I was promoted through the ranks. George, I was fortunate enough to lead units that won Air Force and national awards with my career, including assignments and personnel, war planning, recruiting, protocol, and command. Certainly, that 29 years was a memorable time in my life, and it seemingly just went so fast, with me retiring from the Air Force just 16 years ago. 
Well, first of all, thank you for serving our country. You know, my dad is 94. He served in World War II in the Navy. And people don't sometimes realize, they forget how fortunate we are to have the great men and women uh, protecting our country. And you went on to do so many other great things. I know you have uh, received many decorations for your service. And all I can say to you is, you know, I just admire and respect you so much. And I've got to tell you something about Mr. Johnson. If you meet him, you have immediate feeling of electricity. You know why he has charisma. This is a man, he walks into the room, and you know it's Mr. Johnson walking in the room. So I'm just so happy to have you. Um, But for our listeners, how about if you tell them a little bit about your current role and responsibilities in the Department of Defense? Well, certainly, Joyce. Joyce, I uh, am fortunate enough to run in an organization referred to as the Diversity Management Operations Center, or DMOC. I'll keep referring to it as DMOC for short. But again, we are within the Defense Human Resource Activity uh, under the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness. Now, the DMOC provides diversity management and equal opportunity outreach, training, and operational services across the DOD. It is a function that with multifaceted subcomponents, uh, and all my subcomponents really relate to maximizing the productive capacity of military and civilian members in DOD. We believe, George, that people are truly our most important asset, and we work in the DMOC to maintain an environment where all our members in the Department of Defense, military and civilian, are valued in their contribution to military readiness. The DMOC subcomponents include providing executive support to the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services. That is a, a body of select experts who, devise, who advise the Secretary of Defense on matters relating to the well-being of women in military services. The DMOC also provides oversight and guidance to the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute, which is located in Florida. And that's our DOD entity for research, training, and education as we train and we prepare military and civilian practitioners to assist commanders DOD-wide in maintaining healthy work climates. DOD uh, is blessed also to give me the Investigations and Resolutions Directorate in the DMOC. The Investigations and Resolutions Directorate investigates civilian equal employment opportunity discrimination complaints department-wide. Our fifth function is the the diversity and inclusion function, uh, which is established to operationalize diversity and inclusion, DNI, across the entire department. We also have a special emphasis program function, which is designed to conduct outreach to identify, attract, and retain the most diverse and competent workforce possible to support the DOD mission. And last but certainly not least, Joyce, the DMOC has the Disability Program Directorate, which, among other programs, executes the Workforce Recruitment Program, WRP, which is a department-wide recruitment and referral program that connects federal sector employers to bright and shiny, promising students. We'll talk more about the WRP, hopefully, in this interview. All right, we will. We will talk about that. Wow, you're a busy man. You do a lot of things, that's for sure. Uh, but right now, we got a caller on the line. Uh, Chris, are you on the line? 
Yeah, hi, Joyce. Hi, CJ. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? It's great to hear I'm your voice. I'm And you're just well, Chris. Uh, one of my heroes for sure. Good to hear your voice. Uh, now, hey, I just wanted to call and, and thank you for all that you do, um, and and especially with the WRP program, you know, under your leadership, and then saving the shared list that I'm sure that you'll talk about a bit. Um, for folks that don't know, there's a database that federal agencies can use to find an employee with a disability, and, and Joyce uh, and her folks, vet people before they get on the list and uh and the federal agencies with schedule a can hire someone quite easily and i'm just so happy that you know you you really stepped in and saved the list so i appreciate that well appreciate you you're speaking chris and because i know that uh you are so instrumental in this entire disability program effort you know that you remain one of my heroes after your service in the EEOC and OPM. So thank you so much for what all you have done and what I'm sure you will continue to do. Well, thank you, and thanks. I, I really, I, I see only great things happening in the future under your leadership. So thank you again. I appreciate it, and uh, be happy to listen to the rest of the show. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And that is Christine Griffin. And she was an Obama appointee, but she was also appointed during the Bush administration to uh, in EEOC, just as Mr. Johnson said, and then as assistant director of OPM and really known nationally for her work. So so glad Chris called in. I'm so happy. Very nice of her. Um, well, Mr. Johnson, we've been talking about several things here, but you know there's something very important to me, and that's the Judy Gilliam story. Um, you and I talked about that, uh, and, and I met Judy before you know she had passed away, and she was just an unbelievable person, but I thought you could talk a little bit about the impact she had on the Computer Electronics Accommodations Program, better known as CAP. Josh, thank you for that question. Yes, indeed. I indeed knew Judy Gilliam. Uh, Judy was a phenomenal person, a phenomenal professional, indeed a pioneer for diversity and inclusion in DOD disability programs. Actually, Judy was DOD's first disability program manager, and her accomplishments demonstrate a very long career and record of firsts. You know, as you know, Joyce, uh, uh, Judy at the age of 27 was permanently paralyzed from, a neck, from the neck down as a result of an accident. But that didn't stop her or hold her back from her achieving huge accomplishments. Uh, Judy was instrumental in promoting and advancing DNI and employment for individuals with disabilities from a policy perspective, but also from an operational perspective. Now, from the policy end, you mentioned the cap, but Judy not only pinned landmark DOD policy guidance, advancing foundational documents for the Federal Affirmative Action Program for individuals with disabilities. She provided policy oversight for and guidance in the startup of the DOD CAP program. And as you know, that's such a widely popular program all across federal government, and that program continues to thrive because of Judy's beginning guidance and oversight of that program. Now, from an operations standpoint, Judy created and managed, and managed, of course, with colleagues from the Department of Labor, the WIP program. 
which we, again, uh, have already begun to discuss some. But let me just say that Judy was widely recognized as the subject matter expert advising on on electronic access and billing standards for the disabled within the department, within other federal agencies and outside organizations. She became an influential figure in the national disability rights movement. As you if if uh, these in, in uh, accomplishments of course were huge, and I will tell you that I'm proud to say that the note in history records Judy's accomplishments. Now, Joyce, if you walk down the Pentagon's A ring on the second floor between corridors two and three, you will see Judy's emblazoned picture on the wall as one of the ten DOD civilian exemplars in the history of the department. You ask if I knew Judy Gilliam? Actually, I consider Judy a friend and certainly an inspiration as Judy successfully navigated challenges as a quadriplegic to become one of the most prolific public servants in the Department of Defense. And Judy, as I speak to you today, I'm looking at a picture of Judy, which I keep on my desk. No kidding. Wow. You know. Such an inspiration. Such an inspiration. Yes. Mr. CJ, I have to say something. You know, a lot of people think people with disabilities are weak. You've got to admit, that woman was tough as nails, wasn't she? Well, if you knew Judy Gilliam, uh, you couldn't put weak in the same term as Judy. Uh, in fact, uh, I could tell you a story. I, I had an a intern from a different program, not the WRP, that I assigned this young lady to uh, as an intern working for Judy for the summer. Well, I know the ladies, knew the lady's mother who worked down the hall in the Pentagon, another civil servant. She came to me and she said, why are you giving my daughter, putting my daughter under that rough lady? I said, I, to, I, I, I told my, my uh, colleague, no kidding, I told my colleague my story when I was a young black guy in a unit, flying unit in Charleston Air Force Base in the 70s when I was assigned to a dude named George Person. I'll never forget Colonel Person. He was, uh, had a reputation, and he was a, he was a redneck from, from West Virginia, and he did not give, a, give a, a, a good care about diversity. But I was assigned to him as a, as a navigator. When I got done working with Colonel George Person, I was one of the best navigators in our squad, and I, I admired working for him because he taught me how to do things right. Judy was called a tough lady because she made you do things right. Today, no kidding, Joyce, today that young lady who was an intern in my office, I saw her in Dallas last week at a conference where she's now an Air Force Intelligence Officer as a young captain doing great things. So, so Judy Killiam I'm sure put a mark on John and Jessica Weaver. Judy Gilliam, no doubt, put a mark on Jessica Weaver and Jessica Weaver as a successful Air Force officer serving in our Air Force. Wow. That is such a great story. And oh, I know. I knew Judy. And she was tough as nails and smart and kind and just so dedicated to the Absolutely. You know, disability community. Well, Absolutely. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to talk about the DOD diversity and inclusion efforts around workforce recruitment for college students. And by the way, I was on the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities reporting to Congressman Quello, who was the chair who reported to President Clinton, when this was really getting started. I still remember that WRP program and how great I thought it you know, was. But what you have done 
as you have done a phenomenal job for our country. I say that for two reasons. Number one, young people with disabilities are frequently left out of the equation. We already know that 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce. And who in the federal government has a program like this that reaches out to those college students with disabilities? You, you do. So, um, and I want everyone listening to the show to know this. He works tirelessly on this program called the Workforce Recruitment Program. As Chris said, he literally saved the now called DOD Direct Hire Shared List. He has done so much for people with disabilities. So, you know, whoever's listening today, no matter where you are, this man is the real deal. So how about if you talk about, I know you love it, that WRP program and the great work you have done at DOD. Well, Josh, you know I, I love that program, and thank you so much for the opportunity to address it further, uh, because the WRP program is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been in my current capacity for over 16 years, and I have continually advocated for continued growth in this program because it is a model program for establishing a pipeline of prospects for our government's workforce. And this is a point raised by OPM some time ago. Now, each year, the DOD holds a disability awards ceremony during the National Disability Employment Awareness Month, Joyce, where we recognize excellence exhibited by disabled civilian and military members in DOD. And not surprisingly, a number of our civilian awardees are WRP alumni, which speaks to the quality and the young people we get in WRP. We work with the Department of Labor to hire hundreds of WRP interns each summer, many of which end up with permanent jobs. And in assigning WRP interns to government positions, we match WRP interns' education, experience, and desires to positions in government that can best utilize their experience and their skills. We truly believe in diversity and inclusion. So we cast our net across the wide demographics of our nation, and certainly persons with disabilities have the ability to make huge contributions to our nation's defense. We've operated the WRP now for many years, and the WRP will continue to be a key contributor to our diversity and inclusion efforts. Actually, we had one of our best years this year with WRP, so our focus continues to be on promoting, advancing, and operationalizing WRP DOD-wide by attracting the right talent at the right time for the right office and for the right job for individuals with disabilities. This indeed is a critical program in DOD civilian workforce. In fact, you mentioned the DOD shared list. As you know, that list has a number of qualified applicants on it that we in the DMARC are happy to maintain because we think that we offer this group of, of, of folks who have all the capabilities the government workforce needs to continue to move their missions forward. Certainly, we are so pleased to have access to WRP and the DOD shared list in the Department of Defense. Well, you know you are changing lives. And just so you all know, I have met some of these students who are now working in permanent positions, and it changed their life. Imagine having a disability, having nowhere to go, no work, and now you can say, I work at the Department of Defense. 
What a great thing that is. And I know the Department of Labor applauds this WRP program like uh, the Assistant Secretary uh, Jennifer Sheehy at ODEP. I know how so many people admire what you've done. Uh, And with that direct uh, hire, other agencies, I got to tell you something. This was highlighted by NBC News that direct hire list. And so Mr. C.J. Johnson is a great model for all of you. He really is, because this is the only way we'll change the work face of America is when people are hired. And actually, Mr. Johnson, I would like you to talk for a minute to the other federal agencies about the importance of using WRP. Charles, I'd be happy to, and I will tell you, to other federal agencies, if you don't have any participation in WRP, you are indeed missing a huge, huge potential. And that is the importance you need to recognize in WRP, and that's the importance of it, particularly in expanding your workforce, particularly in, in, in realizing the potential of WRP. I believe that WRP ought to be a strategic imperative, indeed an organizational imperative. Because this program will introduce managers to the excellence that employees with disabilities bring to the workforce. You just don't have a, a, a clue as to how much work, how much these folk, these kids can do, how, much, how smart they are, how bright they are, how passionate they are, how patriotic they are. These are indeed some of our, our best Americans who can serve us in these key positions. The WRP also exposes the members of our disabled civilian workforce to work in federal government. You know, obviously a, a number of our disabled folks never knew what the government was, but this gives them an opportunity to come in and see what government uh, is about. And WRP should not be viewed simply as a summer intern program. Uh, yeah, it's good to be a summer intern program, but rather it should be viewed as a pipeline to fill the needs of our workforce. And certainly the EOC has leveled up us, us all disability hiring goals, and no doubt the WRP can assist us in meeting those goals. In fact, Joyce, when I was able to, uh, uh, some time ago, uh, uh, advocate for continued funding for, for WRP and DOD, I went back to the, to, the, to the payroll and looked at the number of permanent employees since 1995 who had come through DOD uh, WRP program. And 26, 27% of the folks who had been in WRP interns, when I look at the data over a decade ago to advocate for funding, were now permanent employees. That is a good return on investment. Excellent return on investment. So I would encourage all federal agencies to get involved in the program. And please feel free to reach out to me if you need any more information on, on how to get involved or further involved. Yes, and I want to say about that, what Mr. Johnson is saying is so true. You have an untapped labor pool. You know, all everyone always says, we need STEM people. We need people. Here you go. WRP. I mean, this is such a great program, and, and I would encourage you to contacting Mr. Johnson uh, and asking him more about it. But right now, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, I am talking to Mr. Clarence Johnson, the Director of Diversity Management Operations Center, Defense Human Resources Activity under the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, and to all of us, a national disability rights leader. This is Joyce Bender. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so excited with this show today because we have Mr. Clarence Johnson, who works in the office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness and is truly in our side. He's on our side. Like You all know I'm living with epilepsy. Mr. Johnson is fighting the fight for people with disabilities, and it is absolutely amazing to me that there aren't more people like him. I wish there were, but I am so proud of you. We are all proud of you for the work you have done at the Department of Defense. But I have to ask you, uh, what what was it that caused you to have this incredible commitment and support of the disability community? Well, you, you know, Joyce, earlier I mentioned you know, my work with Judah Gilliam. Uh, I met Judy the first year I was assigned then as an Air Force colonel to the office I now lead. And working with Judy every day, watching the abilities she exhibited firsthand, showed me that persons with disabilities are certainly excellent employees. Also, I learned early in my diversity leadership journey that persons with disabilities are in a group with a significantly high unemployment rate. And so I thought, you know, this made that community ripe for picking employees for our workforce. They're unemployed, they got skills, so why not work in our workforce? So a decade ago, again, when I began to advocate on behalf of growing the program, to look at the unemployment rate, to look at the return on investment we got, it just made sense to continue to grow the program so we secured funding and continue to grow. I sincerely believe that for recruiting, for hiring purposes, the market we have to draw from, Joyce, is the market we have to draw from. And certainly persons with disabilities are in that market. So why would we not? Why would we not take advantage of that market? Why would we not expose persons with disabilities in the communities uh, with all of the, the jobs opening that we have, the needs that we have, to help us fulfill our technological needs. The, the, you mentioned the STEM workforce. Uh, it is so much ability amongst those with disabilities that we just don't recognize. Uh, so I began to see that early. It's easy to see me because I'm trying to get 
you know, good employees out of, out of the market. And the market, we can't change the market. The market is there. So it's up to us to maximize our draw from that market. Yes, and um, I don't know. It's possibly because what you went through as a young man and then what you went through in the Air Force, um, but you do not see anything other than talent. You have made talent the only discriminator. Um, and it, wouldn't it be great if everyone was like that? But you know what? Look at this. You have, as he said, a group of people with STEM, with all these skills, uh, not to mention veterans with disabilities. Let's not forget veterans with disabilities. You know, the only group I've been working with that I see homeless that did so much for me. You may say, what do you mean did so much for me? These are men and women fighting for us, and they don't even know us. So, you know, we owe them a chance to work. Um, And that's what Mr. Johnson is doing with the direct hire program and the opportunities he's giving people through this WRP program uh, is unbelievable. As we talk about that WRP program, I am sure, Mr. Johnson, that you had something happen that just was your proudest moment with WRP. What would you say that is? Wow. Joyce, I have had a, a few proud moments. Let me just let me just mention, I guess, three of them. Uh, I will tell you, when I got to the Pentagon and and, I, and my first uh, occupation, leading this office, and I was trying to figure out how to continue to improve my office, how to continue to, to draw from all communities uh, from a DNI perspective to get to the disability piece, I had to again secure funds. I will tell you that I spent hours and hours trying to figure out exactly how to articulate, uh, how to represent. Uh, this community is like a D to get fun. I will tell you, when uh, Dr. David S. C. Chu, who was the undersecretary at that point in time, phoned me and said, uh, Mr. Johnson, you're going to have X number, amount of dollars down to run that program. Go for it. That was, I will say, that one of the proudest moments I've had with working with WRP. Uh, the second proud moment, I would think, uh, and these are no proud order, quite honestly, was we were able to uh, uh, really recognize some of our outstanding WRP interns for the summer. So a few years ago, we created a Judy Gilliam Award to present to our outstanding WRP interns across the government. We have a July uh, summer uh, WRP recognition event. We bring all the agencies in who's got who's got uh, you know special uh, outstanding employees, and we recognize them. And to create that award after my friend and inspirational colleague Judy Gilliam, that was a second proud moment. And and lastly. Uh, Every year, DOD holds a Disability Award Ceremony. That is the time in October. Our next ceremony is going to be October 3rd in the Pentagon Auditorium. It is attended by the most senior leaders in DOD. Uh, we've had up to the Secretary of Defense to speak at that at, up that, at that ceremony. Uh, the Secretary always gives us uh, uh, um, in a uh, handout what his message is regarding to hiring persons with disabilities. And at that ceremony, we have... Uh, last year, about 18 uh, military and civilian awardees were recognized for their excellence uh, in DOD. And Joyce, to walk down and talk to those employees, 
in fact, the civilians particularly, and find that any of them are WRP interns is a proud moment for me. I'm just so proud when they say, yeah, I was a WRP intern in Germany, you know, in XYZ year. I thought, that means our program is working. Not only are folks getting jobs and working, they are doing excellent at what they do. So that's, those are my proud moments in WRP. I've had a few of them, but those are the three I can recall, you know, quite off the top of my head. And I know from being at those events, two things. First, with those young WRP interns. It, it, the look on their face when they're at these events, they are so mm-hmm. proud to be there. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. To be recognized, absolutely. And then I believe that has an impact on all of the uh, people, the prestigious people that you're able to get there that come from the federal government. I mean, what a great way to showcase that program, and I'm certain it also has an impact on them. And, Joyce, at that program, I stand by and talk to some of the leaders who attend the program for the first time, and their eyes are open because the citations for those award winners are read out and to see some of the things these young folks and older people are accomplishing with disabilities, you, it, it just waters your eyes. You go, huh? Uh, I, I'm just never amazed by the number of people who come in and talk to me about, uh, I, I didn't realize all this was going on. I didn't realize these folks contributed so much to our, to our community. I said, well, okay, keep looking because we're going to keep uh, employing people with disabilities because we got to get uh, the maximum productive capacity out of our civilian workforce. And that workforce, as you just said, that talent knows no demographic, knows person with disabilities got talented like everybody else. So so we are, uh, this is a, a proud moment of me just to recognize some of those kids. And when they say they came through WRP, I go, wow, this program has a, has a legacy, which I'm so proud of. See, and I always say this. I always say you have to show people. And when, when I know that would change the way people think when they mm-hmm. see what is happening. Um, that same thing with Disability Mentoring Day. You know, you see the uh, work and the success, it has an impact. It really does. And you've been doing that WRP program how long now? Uh, I started working when I got to the Pentagon in 2000. The program has been going since 1995, so 24 years. Wow, 24 years. Can you believe that is unbelievable? Wow. I, I can't believe it. And it has been, as you said, Secretary of Defense. I mean, he doesn't go to every event. That is amazing that you were able to get him to attend this. Yes, yes, ma'am. Well, Mr. Johnson, before we take any other callers here, you you have been, you are just so fantastic. I, I have to ask you, who is your role model? Well, uh, I, I'd say, Joyce, that my mom and my dad are co-equal role models, uh, both of which have passed some years ago. But uh, my mom uh, herself, a maid for many years, Joyce, she pushed me to always work hard. And she convinced me all the time and my sisters and brothers that we could achieve anything that we set our minds to achieve that we were willing to work for. On my dad's side, my dad was a Baptist preacher for 60-plus years. And I just observed him, and we talked through 
just hours on end about always considering others. And more importantly, as you work, be collaborative. Look through, look for persons that you can ally with, that you can partner with, that you can express your concerns and issues with, and share concerns and share issues so y'all can work together toward a, toward a common goal. My dad used to talk about, uh, you know, he was a preacher again. He used to say, son, those devilish deacons, you know, they're up in the church, but I'll tell you what, you got to work with them. you got, you got to collaborate with them if you want to succeed. So so uh, I'd say my mom and my dad, for those reasons, are my co-equal role models. Wow. I did not know. Well, now this makes sense. I either have to call you Mr. C.J. Johnson or Reverend Johnson. No wonder you, no wonder you have that evangelical sound. I was telling him, boy, you're really good on the radio. He has that, you know, radio voice. Now I know why he's got that evangelical voice. Okay, Reverend. I think we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller on the line? Uh- Hi, this is Perry Jude Radisick from Pennsylvania. Hi, Perry. Thank you for calling in. Sure. Uh, this is a perfect topic for Advocacy Matters. And, Mr. Johnson, uh, really, thank you so much for your service to the country, and thank you for the support of young people with disabilities uh, in equal employment. You served our country with pride, honor, and distinction, and you continue to do so with your leadership through your workforce pipeline. So as we say at Advocacy Matters, uh, advocacy does matter, and so do you, and you've embraced uh, people with disabilities, young people with disabilities and employment, so we thank you uh, for everything you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for that comment. And... Uh... Mr. Johnson, Perry is the CEO of the Pennsylvania Disability Rights Network, and she is very well known nationally uh, for her disability rights advocacy. Uh, And Perry, you know very well how employment is our issue. This is the one needle that has not moved in next year's the 30th anniversary of the signing of the ADA. So, you know, to have someone at the Department of Defense leading this charge for us is just so wonderful. Well, it is. I I mean, to have an open door, uh, to have somebody uh, that can uh, make that opportunity happen uh, it, all we need is an opportunity, and we can show the world what we can do, and, and Mr. Johnson is doing that, so uh, we very much appreciate that. And thank you for your service and advocacy as well, certainly. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, well, thank you for calling in, Perry. Have a good day. Well, there you go. Not surprised. Okay. I'm going to force myself to not call you Reverend, but I got to tell you, it's going to be hard to do that. Going to be hard to do that, but I'll force myself. But right now, we're going to get ready to go to break. Something I want to tell you if you're listening to the show right now and you're thinking, oh, I wish you know, this friend of mine or this business person or this person in the government or this young person with a disability had heard this show, go to Spotify or Apple and put in this show with Mr. Clarence Johnson, Disability Matters with Joyce Bender, voiceamerica.com, Apple or Spotify, 
and you can grab that podcast and share it with anyone you want to, and I hope you will do so. Um, And we're going to go to break. This is Mr. Johnson under the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, a really great champion for all of us living with disabilities. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Mr. Clarence Johnson. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. We are talking to a real disability rights champion, Mr. Clarence Johnson, who works in the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness, Department of Defense Leader. It is so awesome. And, you know, once again, Mr. Johnson, I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to hold hold that stand, you know, for WRP and for direct hire and the shared list, how you have worked so hard to keep this going uh, for years. Look how long you've been doing this, and you have just enhanced it. And, um, you know, you've just got to have that not just in your mind, but in your heart. And it's interesting to me that you have Judy's picture on your desk right now, and at the same time, you know, she was one of the people that influenced you to do so much. Absolutely, and and you know, uh, Judy's presence with me remains. I always use her as a as an example when I talk to people who 
you know, are looking for inspirational ideas, how to think through things, uh, think about Judy. Think about Judy navigating the metro and navigating elevators, and but sitting in this office and getting her work done as prolifically as she did. Yeah, I can, I'll never forget that. I will never forget that. And I don't know if everyone realized this. You were talking about those uh, at the Pentagon, the mm-hmm. wall with those uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. One of them is Judy. And mm-hmm. that's very powerful because you said, if I'm right, there are only 10 other people that were recognized. And and, and they, and I can't recite who the other nine are, but, but uh, these are folks who were recognized as DOD Special Civilian Employees since 17 something when the War, De- when the War Department first started. And uh, in fact, it has people up there, for instance, I think the, the first guy up there is the one who made the first Navy ship. Uh, and it's that kind of person who is, who is awarded on that wall. And, uh, and I recall when they were asking for some diversity and inclusion nominations uh, to put there back in 2006 or seven, and I advanced the notion of, of Julie Gilliam and the work she'd done with, with WRP and with CAP. And uh, so Judy was received, and Judy's picture will be on that wall right next to Office 28332, around that wall with nine others, as long as the Pentagon stands. Um, just impressive, impressive to work with. And when I pass by, you know, I'm working in, in Alexander, Alexander, and I don't see to go to the Pentagon all the time. But when I go, I go straight to Carter 2, 3, and, and walk past and say hello to Judy. I do it every time I go to the Pentagon, no doubt. Wow. Well, you, well, you know, a question that I have. If a mm-hmm. civilian would want to go to the Pentagon uh, on mm-hmm. a tour, I know you have these tours, mm-hmm. But would there mm-hmm. ever be a way to see that, a person with a disability that would want to see that? Is that possible, or is that Absolutely, Absolutely. I don't work there, but I know how to get tours. If anyone wants to go see that, they can reach out to me personally. I'll set it up for them. That's easy. And if I got to have to go over to the Pentagon and escort myself, I'll do that. But uh, they have tours over there uh, that go routinely. All you do is phone up and, and, uh, and arrange it based on that, on that time schedule. And, and if you want a personal tour, uh, again, I'll take time out for individuals, uh, an individual wants to do a personal tour, I go over and do it, not a problem at all. Well, I know I'm going to, and I say well, that, I, I know I'm going to go, I want to go and see that, and I okay. know there are many people listening to the show that know, you know, uh, knew Judy or know of Judy, and I mm-hmm. just think that, you know, I was so glad when you told me that, because I never knew, and I'm sure that there are people that you know, would like to go see that. I mean, that really is very powerful. That is a great recognition. Absolutely. And in, in the Pentagon itself, in our entire Department of Defense, there's Julie Gilliam. Absolutely. But that's, that's her legacy. That's her contribution to our nation's defense. Absolutely. You know, when I am at the Pentagon, every time I'm at the Pentagon, I feel as if I am on sacred ground because it's hard for me to <laughs> not remember that Mm-hmm. Uh, that September 11th. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's hard, and, and I'm sure that you and everyone at the Pentagon, you know, remember that very clearly. Um, but what amazed me is how the people I knew that were at the Pentagon that, you know, were not injured uh, or lost their life, how they seemed even prouder to be at the Pentagon. They seem, you know, versus being, oh, I don't want to be here. They seemed even prouder to be at the Pentagon. Did you did you notice that also, Mr. Johnson? Absolutely, and I, and, and most folks, uh, all 
all everybody I know uh, who was there, I can can remember exactly what what, what they were doing when that happened. Uh, but sir, you're absolutely correct. I remember nine one two. The next day after nine one one, I we couldn't wait to get to work. We couldn't work, wait to get to work to go back and repair things to let the nation know that we stood by our nation defense. We stood by uh, our patriotic zeal for our country. And uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, we made us want to go back to work even even stronger. I agree. Were you there at the time, Mr. Johnson? Man, I was. In fact, at at, at nine o'clock that morning, my son, who was stationed in Korea at at, at the time, phoned me and said, "Dad, uh, do you have a TV in your office?" I said, "Well, there's one down the hall." Why? He said, "Because uh, there's just been a an aircraft that hit one, the World Trade Center." I go, "Huh?" So as I got ready to go down the hall, I was called to a meeting. I went to a meeting on the other side of the Pentagon uh, on the on the fifth floor, and uh, and uh, at nine thirty seven, as we sat in the in the meeting, uh, the building shook, and a three star general who was leading the meeting said. Uh, I think we should evacuate. So we began to evacuate the building. And, and George, uh, check it out. Now, I was on one side of the Pentagon from where my office was. I was in Carter 2, uh, where I, my office at Carter 2, where Judy worked with me. Uh, I was in a meeting on Carter 7, the other side of the Pentagon. So having experienced those kinds of trauma before, I knew that uh, folks were going to be evacuating. And the first thing I thought about was, A, was Judy out of the building? And B, uh, could I go back and get my keys and my hat because I wanted to get get out of the building and leave. So I went and I went around the building. The cop came to me and said, "Sir, where are you going?" I said, "I, I got to go to make sure one of my employees is out. Uh, I know that we we have you know, evacuation procedures. I know she's out. I want to make sure." He said, "Well, go around and do that." So I went around. He, he allowed me to go past. I didn't realize then that I was going past the area that was burning. Uh, of course, it was inside. I hadn't, hadn't reached where I was yet because I was in, inside the Pentagon. But anyway, I got back to my office, got my, 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 my hat, found my people uh, who were evacuated already, got in my car, and, and left. Uh, so I'll never forget that. But yeah, I was in a meeting when it happened. I went on sitting in, in a meeting and when the building shook. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine that. Uh, yeah, you'll never forget that. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, I'm sure, chaotic with everyone leaving that building. But as I said, the next day, everyone was right back there. And that just says so much about everyone in this country and the people working at the Pentagon that day. Well, Mr. Johnson, you have done so much. You know, as we're hearing awards, commissions, uh, just this prestigious position you're in now, what you've done for young people living with disabilities, for people getting hired, so much you've done. I know a young man with cerebral palsy, and as a result of uh, the direct hire model, he got to he's he's going to be working at the Pentagon. And he said to me, "My dream was to defend this country." Wow! And yes, and there are so many young people with disabilities, their dream is to protect this country and maybe because of being in a wheelchair uh, or like him with cerebral palsy, you know, he can't be serving in the military, but he can protect us by working at the Department of Defense, which I think is so great. But I wanted to ask you, um, what would you say you are the proudest of? You've had so many accomplishments. I can't even imagine what it could be, but what would it be? 
Well, Joyce, I I, uh, I must say I got some personal things I'm proud of and professional. Let me do per- personal first. Uh, I am most proud uh, that my wife, Gloria, and I will soon be married 50 years. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and we... And we've been blessed to raise three children who have given us four grandkids. That is my personal accomplishment. I'm proud of that. But professionally, uh, my proudest accomplishment is to have served in the federal government for over 45 years, military and civilian, and to have garnered admiration and respect from colleagues uh, that I've been fortunate to serve with as a DOD leader in diversity and inclusion. And in the disability program, my proudest accomplishment specifically is, I remember when Judy and I were talking back in the 2004 or 5 time frame uh, about how the Department of Defense can do better with hiring persons with disabilities. And uh, it was interesting that my office, via Judy Gilliam, had a GS-15 level disability program manager. As we looked across the military services and the other 20-some defense agencies in DOD, no other agency or department had a standalone disability program manager. So Judy said, we got to convince them to get a DS-15 disability program manager who can focus on this program exclusively. Those who had a program manager, it was an ancillary duty with some other job. But Judy said, we got to do this. So I went to my, my colleagues in the service and I said, folks, you all need to press your leadership you all need a disability program manager that Judy can kind of help provide the way for because we got to move the department forward. Well, they came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, you know, we don't have the resources. We just can't, you know, have another uh, authorization to give to the program solely. So I tell you what, so I had some money in my budget. I said, well, tell you what I'll do. I will fund a position for the first one of you services that want to volunteer that you will fill it with a person as soon as I give you the money. Air Force was first to raise their hand. I gave the Air Force enough money to hire. I had a five-year bill I paid. I said, Air Force, now after five years, I know this is going to be so good to you, you're going to hire your own program manager. I'm going to stop funding it. Joyce, five years later, the Air Force, in fact, had hired their own, and today all of the department has disability program managers. But the key thing is I mentioned our disability award ceremony. At that ceremony, in addition to recognizing outstanding individuals with disabilities, we also recognize outstanding programs, components, services that have a disability program. During the time frame that I funded the, the Air Force's a, a disability program manager, they won that award five out of six years. It was clear that having a GS-15 standalone program manager was advancing the program in the Air Force is for the person with disabilities concerned. And that's why right today, all of our components, and particularly major components, have standalone disability program managers. So that is my proudest accomplishment in the disability world, to get our military components and, and defense agents to a point where they believe so much in the program, they will do standalone resources to take care of policy and operational guidance for their own individual programs. Wow. Well, that is awesome. Uh, Mr. Johnson, we're soon to close the show, but I wanted to ask you, do you have a message for our listeners? I do, and I always think positive, always look to improve. Certainly in the DNI space, in DOD and the federal government, we've come a long way. But, George, in the words of a favorite poet, miles to go before we sleep. Thank you so much for having me as part of your program. Oh, it was my pleasure, and you know what? We end every show with a quote, and Mr. Johnson, this is you. Nothing great 
was ever accomplished without enthusiasm, said Ralph Waldo Emerson. And Reverend, you've got that enthusiasm. <laughs> this Thank is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't forget that name, Mr. Clarence Johnson, DOD. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.